podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What, no, Tottenham? Don't be a Clottenham. You want goals? Tottenham's got the... Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings. The kings of White Hart Lane. Tottenham, Tottenham! Hello, everybody, wherever you are around the world. We're back. It's another episode of Top 10 Tottenham. Thank you so much for joining us uh, again. Delighted to be welcoming this guest who's been on the Spurs show a few times this season and it's absolutely fantastic every time she comes on. The co-chair of Spurs LGBT Plus Supporters Association and on so many other boards. I don't know how she gets any other work done. It's unbelievable. You go through her Twitter and there's LinkedIn. It's just like constant, constant stuff. Chris Paros, how are you, Chris? I'm all right, Mike. You know, well, I like to keep, what can I say? I like to keep myself busy. You get and any time off when you're not doing it. You do. It's a beautiful thing that you do. do. Do you get any time just to watch Netflix? Do you know what? I love watching TV. And <laughs> I could tell you about all the sort of Netflix series that I do watch. Yeah. And also, embarrassingly, but I'm going to reveal it here. Mm. I also still watch EastEnders. Really? I gave yeah. up years ago. I used to watch I know, it avidly, did, but I just and I like... gave up sort of 86, 87. That was it. I kind of it's ran like out. having old friends. Yeah. And, you know, that still feels sort of some comfort with those like 30 mm. minutes with them every now and again. So My, my guilty pleasure is bargain hunt. <laughs> if I'm ever in, and I, I work from home, and I go downstairs around just for one to make myself a sandwich, I'll go, oh, bargain hunt. And I'll put it on my sandwich. I find it thoroughly enjoyable. Don't know why. Do you ever? I, I presume you game it yourself. How how do you do on bar, on bargain hunt? I'm pretty good. I normally sit there with these people going, "You fucking idiot! Why <laughs> did you buy that piece of shit? How's that worth anything? You fool!" Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know I, I get too carried away. But there we go. That's a, a whole. Let's we can do a whole different podcast about <laughs> stuff to watch. Well, look, can I just say your top ten is fantastic and what i love about it and i can safely say we're on series two of the show there's stuff in your top 10 and i know no one else will pick there's games i completely forgotten about embarrassingly went oh my god i forgot about that game entirely which says quite a lot about me getting a bit senile now and uh apart from one game i managed to find clips for all of them although one is a, a very very funny far show type foreign commentary excellent it's, uh, a very fair 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 dad and bent but uh, we'll get to that in a minute but let's start off just just let listeners know how did you become a Spurs fan so I've been a Spurs fan all my life and um, I'm a Spurs fan because my uncle Mike mm-hmm. who's my mum's youngest brother right um first took me to Spurs when I was six. Nice. I'm going to give away my age now. It was 1980. Right, okay. Uh, Everton 3-0. And it was... and I was hooked, basically. Right. And the reason that he was a Spurs fan is they came over from Cyprus in the 60s. Right. And my my oldest, my mum's oldest brother came first, and he arrived in 1961. Wow. All good... Greek Cypriots. They lived in Harringay. Lovely. So of course you want to go to football. You think, oh, they look good. Yeah. And you, he went down the, the right road. way. He went the right way down the Seven Sisters Road. He went the right way down the Seven Sisters Road. Thank God. 
And then when my, when Mike arrived, which was a you know a good sort of five or six years later, mm. um, he took him with him. Wow. Um, and Mike had a season ticket with his mates in the eighties, and um, one one day one of them couldn't go, and he said to me, "Do you want to come?" But I'd, he'd already got me though, so oh. I already had spurs scarves that he'd bought me and we used to watch them together on the telly so you already showed an interest so you like when he asked you like absolutely yes yeah exactly it wasn't like like, you want to come to this game kicking or screaming no and my dad is a manchester united fan okay and uh i'll forgive him for that despite Mm -hmm. the fact that he's obviously never been to manchester in his life like many of them um (laughs) because in that small village in cyprus where he came where they came from he heard of Manchester United because of the Munich air crash. Right, I And see. it gave him an affinity towards right. it. Yeah. Um, but of course, we lived in North London. Mm. He never went to a football match. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Mike just came over, went to Spurs, talked about it. Uh, you know, I'd obviously picked it up and then went to this game and then that was that. And I always promised myself, I promised my six-year-old self on that day I first went to that game that when I grow up, I'm going to get myself a season ticket. Wow. There so, you are. Come 1996, I did. It's funny, a lot of Greek Cypriot people I know are Tottenham Arsenal, a lot I know were are oh, Man United, funny enough. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe you said it's a certain era when they were winning stuff and they became United fans. But a lot of my sort of Cypriot mates, they do go to Old Trafford, in fairness. They do make the effort. So, uh, all right, yeah. My dad's never been. So, your first choice then uh, as a young girl, and what, what, a, what a first pick. Uh, I'm talking about the 1984 UEFA Cup final. Let's like we need reminded, but let's remind ourselves of the equalising goal at the lane, and then that Tony Parks moment. Well, they get it home, Falco, and it might come for Martinez. Oh, he's hit the crossbar! Oh my word! Almost the storybook return there for Ardiles, and he's hit the crossbar. Roberts, he's done it. a heavy cup to carry after so much effort for Spurs right through the night 
Danny Thomas, it looked like a night of disaster for him and suddenly it's a night of triumph. Mike Hazard, who's had a tremendous game in the midfield. A lap of honour, Steve Perryman lifts the cup, the Spurs captain who was out through suspension. So what are your memories of this? You presume, obviously you remember it. I do remember it, but the thing I remember the most is that save. Yes. I can't, that, that's the thing that sticks in my mind. I couldn't, pro- in terms of, obviously I've, you know, being a, a bit, you know, being a mm. bit of a geek around these things, I have watched it since, or at least right. a lot of it since. The thing I really remember is that save. And um, I was allowed- yeah, I mean, to- you're quite young, so were you allowed to stay up to watch it? Well, that's the thing, I was allowed to stay up to watch. Right. And um, my parents at that time, if you, so where were we, 1984, you know, like mm. those kind of like a faux G-plan sort of oval table, right? <laughs> yeah. So I had one of those in the TV room, as we called it. Yeah. And as that, as Tony Parks made that save, all I remember is running around the table with my arms in the air, screaming. <laughs> and like nobody else was really bothered. Like my sister was asleep, so I must have woken her up. My dad was like, oh, that's nice. Spurs have won. Because actually he has got a soft spot for Spurs because of my love for them. My mum didn't understand what all the fuss was about, but I was like going wild um, wow. around around this table. And, and, and I really remember it. And I've always had a soft spot for Tony Park since. So... Mm. Funnily, interestingly, like you sort of said, some of the things that I I do um, now, um, you know, thanks to the Proud Lily Whites, really. But um, one of the things I did with a kick it out hat on once mm. was um, with uh, Ose Sankofa, who now works for the Premier League, but he was F- the kick it outs education manager then, and Anwaruddin, who runs the Fans for Diversity campaign. We did some work with Watford uh, when right. they launched their Watford for All campaign. So they launched Watford for All, which is like their sort of inclusion brand. And they asked us to come along to do a little bit of sort of like sort of seminar come training Mm. with their staff. So we did one thing in the morning, one thing in the afternoon. And in the afternoon session was Tony Parks. Wow, what was he doing there? He he was goalkeeping coach. He was was goalkeeping coach at Watford. I just literally couldn't believe it. Wow. Did you you sidle over him? Did you go to Fangirl? Yeah, Yeah. of course I did. (laughs) Because it was just like, imagine telling my 10-year-old self. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I was a grown-up, like from running around the table, that I'd be like, you know, leading a session that he was participating in. Mm. I would never have, I wouldn't have believed it. Did you have any... Did you have any mates at school at that age that were also Spurs? Yeah, you had, yeah. Did you have were. a little group? There were. I mean, I don't re- don't necessarily remember having a group, but there were definitely there were you know there were Spurs and Arsenal. It was a north. It was yeah. a comprehensive in Southgate for those of you who yeah. know the suburbs of yeah. North London, and mm. so it was mostly Spurs and Arsenal, yeah. um, particularly and and some Liverpool to be fair, but that's because of the era. Right, so, yeah. you know, because Liverpool had just been hugely successful in the mm. 70s and in the start of the 80s. There were some Liverpool fans, but mostly it was Spurs and Arsenal. Yeah, lovely. Well, your, 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 your second memory, again, it was a goal that I completely forgotten about. And I look back and watched it. And, and what I love about this, as, as, as you rightly said to me in the notes, it was the, well, you actually put, it was a culmination of five games in a row before we beat Wimbledon 1-0 in the... Uh, Worthington Cup semi-finals. I looked it up. It was actually seven games. Was it really? I looked it up. Before we beat Wimbledon 1-0, Stephen Everson, February 1999, in the second leg at Wimbledon. Yep. First leg 0-0. Nil, nil. 
We drew Derby 1-1, Borough 0-0, Coventry 0-0, Blackburn 1-1, Wimbledon 0-0 twice, once in the League Cup, once in the League, Sheffield Wednesday 0-0. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. And uh, we'll chat about the goal after we hear it right now. Ferdinand. There's going to be a big talking point on this. The, the, the Wimbledon defence are convinced Stevenson was offside. They actually stood and allowed him just a little split second to help it on. But linesman, banging line, didn't give anything. Well, whatever the note of controversy, the finish... He was offside, but the finish was heavenly. Brilliant finish, but oh my, oh my. I mean, sometimes it's very difficult for a linesman to see split seconds, but I think he should have caught that one. Paul Marks, he was a great finish, left the keeper nowhere. He was offside. Absolutely terrific goal. Now, what's incredible about that girl watching it back, he was offside. Yeah. Completely. Well, I had no recollections at all. Blatantly offside. Great goal. Great lob. Offside. Yeah, it was a lovely lob. And that was the thing, because I was there that day. Right. And um, I was with my mate, Tony, and I was like, oh, my God. Because we literally, because Tony and I, when, when I said earlier, you know, I got um, promised that my six-year-old self I'd get this season ticket Tony yeah. is a guy I went to sixth form with right. and we found ourselves back in London after doing whatever we'd done um after leaving sixth form and like oh should we get season tickets yeah so we've got our season tickets and we just decided to go on this cup run nice but you can imagine how miserable it was we hadn't seen any goals literally incredible weeks it felt like so oh, that no. goal went in and I was like oh my god it's offside so we've actually put the ball in the net <laughs> finally but they're going to chalk it off and we're going to watch another nil. I can't believe it. And then we got, away, we got away with it. We got away with it. And if I remember correctly, now I haven't ever been able to find any evidence of this. I remember us like going on the pitch at Wimbledon. Oh, really? That was such we were a so euphoria. delighted. Yeah. There was like absolute, not just for getting into, for me, it wasn't just about getting into a cup final. It's because we mm. finally scored a goal. I think this is the period, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this when Wimbledon were ground sharing at Selhurst Park? Yes. Right. So I remember there was this spate of these bloody games against Wimbledon. And the, funny enough, myself and Leon Engineering today, we've just been quite near down the road to Crystal Palace to interview Phil Cornwell, who's living there. Oh, yeah. Which was, a, for me, being North London was a right old schlep. I just remember all these games midweek from work, trying to get there to get to Selhurst or driving. Me and my mates, there was never anywhere to eat around there. Rather than doing pubs, we go to restaurants. We used to end up in a cafe called Cafe Laziz. I still remember the name. <laughs> it was the only licensed cafe in the area. And we used to drink so much wine before the game. They used to run out of wine and go to the local Tesco's to buy more. And you just used to see them in Tesco's buying the wine and just plonking at our table. Thank Brilliant. you very much. And put Isn't your five on it. Isn't there a Sainsbury's right next door to It Sam- might be a Sainsbury's. I, I can't remember the branch supermarket. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was a supermarket. And I just remember, it's like every other week, it felt like, oh, God, we we're going to sell Hurst again. Yeah. There we are. But I mean, great. I mean, extraordinary that you just remember that game and this went in this top 10. 
It did just because it was like such a relief <laughs> to finally score a goal and of course to get into a cup final. And yeah. I, you know, I semi-finals are amazing. You know, I know I started with the cup final, but yeah. I've always found semi-finals you know, as a match going fan, because of course yeah. that cup final I was at home, like much more exciting. Yeah. Because I you've agree. got something you've got that excitement to kind of strive for. In a final, agree. it just feels kind of you feel anxious and defensive. Yeah. Don't you? you can't enjoy a final. Yeah. I can't enjoy semi-final. I can't enjoy watching Spurs. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're right. Now, the next one was, was again, an extraordinary clip, and I'm sure there's a, a story behind this because clearly no one is going to put this in. And, and, and I found some hilarious... I can only find some hilarious foreign commentary, which is very, very funny. It's very fast show. I'm talking about the 20th of September, 2007, Tottenham Hotspur against Anathosis Famagusta, we won 6-1. Defoe scored twice. Dawson Cabal, Keane and Darren Bent. And here's some commentary on Defoe's first goal. Joga com a número 17, atacante. Olha por cobertura, é golaço! Gol do Tottenham! Ele entrou para marcar e marcou. Defou, golaço por cobertura. Aos 20 minutos do segundo tempo, Defou amplia a vantagem do Tottenham no White Hart Lane Stadium. Agora, 5 para o Tottenham, 0 para o Anortosis. A gente estava dizendo, né? Não, why is that? There must, there, there's a, clearly a story by this. this well, I, I, as I've said, I'm of, of, of Greek Cypriot stocks, no. but uh, Anorthosis is my dad's ah. team. Oh, amazing. So actually, it was amazing. Like, I never in my, I wouldn't have, didn't, wouldn't have dreamt yeah. that we would have played Anorthosis. He was actually in Cyprus at the time. Wow. However... It's the one time I've taken my mum to a football match. Wow. The other reason why is because that's her birthday. How amazing. <laughs> so I was like, how are we going to get away with this? So me, my partner, my sister, her then, I don't think they weren't married then, her then boyfriend right. and my mum, we all went and had a really nice meal first and then we took... And then we went and watched Spurs and Orthosis. We bought we bought our you know five seats in a row. I'm sure that was quite easy to do. It was it was easy to do, Mike. You're absolutely right. And I had a Where really good time. on the bench, you more than welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and had a really good time, actually. You know, but I, I, I watched because I was trying to find some some British commentary and I scouted it. There was loads of footage of the Famagusta fans there. There's a lot there. I mean, obviously a lot. Because lived in London, yeah, but it must be great for as you said, families coming together. Yeah, my, my British team, my Cypriot team. This is amazing. Exactly. Yeah, we. Yeah. I don't know. We. Re I really loved it, and it was my mum's birthday that kind of made it really special. And we made a real sort of afternoon and evening of it. Um, yeah. She won't thank me for saying this, but I'm gonna. So the one thing, and we still tease her for it, is we got in to the ground, we sat down, and she just went, "When do they close the doors?" And then she, and as soon as it came out of her mouth, she went and just started like fell about laughing because we were like, "You're in a stadium, mum. Yeah. They don't yeah. close the doors. Yeah. There's not going to be suddenly a roof that goes yeah, over." The top. Exactly, you cannot get Put out. Put your coat on a bit. You know, do your yeah. buttons up. Exactly. Um, 
Oh, but, that's, yeah, so that's what made that one special. Very nice. Well, the next one, we've gone from 6-1 to 9-1. And this is one that, again, surprisingly, it's not on many lists. But it was an extraordinary afternoon. 2009, Tottenham 9, Week 1, Jermaine Defoe with 5. Let's listen now to Defoe's... Uh, I think I've got four of his goals here. Let's listen to four of Jermaine Defoe's goals. Gianluca for Lennon. Defoe! Hat-trick! What a quick fire trouble from Jermaine Defoe in the space of just six minutes. They don't drop their heads, Spurs. They react in the right, right way. The goal by Wigan was a disservice. They shouldn't have been allowed to get away from it with it. But who is it again? Lennon and Defoe. Who combined and what a wonderful finish. Why has this one gone in? This this was a crazy, crazy afternoon, wasn't it? I'm actually astonished that you don't have this on many lists. Because yeah, no, you don't. You don't. Because I think people forget it. You forget because it's Wigan. I know, but if you're a Spurs fan of this era, which obviously yeah. I was, I am, I was. That was a, even though we didn't necessarily push on in the way that we might have done, it's a real defining moment. Like, you're, you know, you're. it's a record-breaking score. Yeah. You've got someone like Defoe scoring five goals. Yeah, record-breaking in the top flight, isn't it? In the top flight. Because obviously there was a 9 nil Bristol Rovers that I remember. Yeah, exactly. In, in the top flight. 77, 78. Yeah. Um, I was... It was whatever it was, 1-0 at half-time or 1-1 yeah. one, one at half-time. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know... Where I sit, all the goals were then down our end. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a big goal festival. Um, yeah. And... And I just think it was a real statement of intent from us. And yeah. it was a statement of intent for where we could, of how we were going to push on. And I think, it, you know, if you look around that time, it was the beginning of something for us. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it was, I know it took a couple of years to get into the Champions League, but it was that team that did it. Yeah. Or at least the bones of that team that did it. And look, scoring nine goals, it was just really good fun. It was good fun. 
It was it really was. good fun. I remember the chance, we want eight. Yeah. We, it was like a pantomime. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that. It was really, good or now, not, it was really good fun. It was amazing. Now, your next choice, I must admit, and I was ashamed to admit this when I watched it, I completely forgot about your next game and what a game it was. I'm talking about April 2013. Spurs play the champions, Manchester City. We beat them 3-1. We're a goal down and we score three goals in six minutes. Bale, Defoe and Dempsey. Uh, and let's uh, listen to uh, some of the goals now. Actually cleared away. There's Bale outside of the boot. It's 1-1. Clint Dempsey. A sumptuous cross from Gareth Bale. City's sedentary back line caught out and Dempsey with a tap-in. It's the cross that created the opportunity and Dempsey made sure it counted. Holtby for Tottenham. That's a canny ball out through to Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe brings it back on his favoured foot and scores! Tottenham lead for the first time. And Defoe's drought is over. His first since Boxing Day, his first in 13. And boy, does he enjoy playing against Manchester City. That's eight in 16 outings for Jermaine Defoe against the champions. What a strike. Manchester City's grip on that Premier League trophy is weakening. Huddleston, another great ball, here's Bale, clean through, 3-1, and Tottenham have turned this game on its head. Fit again, and making the difference, Gareth Bale for Tottenham. Nine in his last nine Premier League games, and that was a composed finish from the Welsh wizard who's got a left foot like a wand. A magic sight for Spurs fans. I'm ashamed. I, I this has just gone out of my head. This game. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, because I was I was thinking quite hard. You know, obviously, when I was thinking about what my top ten were, and there were so many I could put in there. Mm. But very similarly, like for the last one, I think there was something about this that was that showed who we were. Because by then, Manchester City were a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And honestly, another one of the reasons why I put this in, and I'm gonna I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. When Defoe scored that goal, I cried. Right, because it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful goal. Great so honestly, go on back the and angle. watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah great. Go shot. back and watch it. It was an incredible goal. Yeah, and I just thought, look at what we can do when we when we do it. Yeah, and it was no. magic. And uh, there was just, as I say, there was something about that that just made me think, okay, you know, we're we're doing something here, and it was really exciting. And so that's why I put that one in there. No, it's it's a lovely one. I I, I urge everyone listening to go back and watch that one. It's on YouTube. I'd certainly forgot about it. And, and, and as Chris said, the faux goal is, is, is a thing of beauty. Look, let's go to a very quick break and we'll be back in one minute. And we're back for the break. Don't forget, you can still get our daily Spurs news shows. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show throughout the close season. They're one of these top 10 Tottenham shows twice a week as well. Still time now to sign up for next season, all our monthly 
live events with loads of ex-players. Go to season.spurshow.net. And if you haven't checked out our new merchandise store with some lovely T-shirts, there's a great Bob Marley and a sort of Panini sticker 1981 style, a new Adele one and uh, a Panini sticker, various others. Uh, they are, the link is on the description to this pod. Now, this is a lovely one. What I love about your top 10, largely from now, is they're all quite recent. In my head, they're quite recent. And that's what I love about you kind of really sort of shine how good we've been the last few years. And this was this was a lovely one because it was, as you said, this was Pochettino's first game away at West Ham. I remember it well. Opening game, the 2014 season. 1-0, Eric Dyer's debut, Eric Dyer scored. Let's remind ourselves of that goal. Harry Kane, this is a, a chance. He's round the goalkeeper. Dyer's won it. Right to the death in stoppage time. Eric Dyer on his debut has won it for Tottenham. Look at those scenes, incredible scenes. Look what it means to his teammates. Mauricio Pochettino has a victory on his first game in charge. Played forward by Harry Kane. He was onside. He had work to do. He rose to the challenge. This is a lovely one. I mean, people went nuts this day. We were like, this is it. We're back. <laughs> it was it was incredible. Yeah. And I was, I think I was in the second row. So where yeah. they're celebrating, I have got some pictures where you can see my arm. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just something about, it was not only we're back. It was like, oh my God, here's a right back. Because remember he was a right back. He played right. right back that day. Yeah. The right back is in a centre forward position in the 90th minute What's of the game. What's going on? Yeah. Winner. Yeah. You know, like it's incredible that we could do that. And so th that that was why I put that in there. But also you've probably, re you know, realised by now that, you know, a lot of this is not necessarily about the football. And the mm. reason why this one matters to me quite so much is that it was my late wife's final away game. Oh, wow. And we went to that game because so that was what August 2014, and she yeah. died in early October 2014. Oh, and wow. so, did you she know, go to games with you as well? Do you go together? Yeah, we had season tickets together. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had season tickets together from uh, we got together in 2001 and from right. there. So she'd come to games with me before because we, we'd known each other since the late 90s. Right. Um, but yeah, so she had the we had tickets together since 2001 and we used to go home and away all the time. In fact, you know, away games, you have a really nice weekend. I remember there was one, <laughs> there was one away game. We went to Wigan. It was that one where Edgar David scored that goal. Um, yes, he scored at Wigan, you're right. He scored at Wigan, he scored a really good yes, goal. Yes, you're right. Yes, I was there. Yeah. And on the way home, we went the wrong way up the M1. <laughs> and we were like, oh, my God, we're in the Lake District. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> we're far. in the Lake yeah. District. So we found a hotel, stayed, nice. woke up the next morning. Very civilised. It was yeah. November, there was some snow. It was wow. lovely. So that's why this game really sticks in my mind whenever I see wow. memories or images of it. Because you can see my arm, but you can see her her face, like her mouth, like wide open celebrating. How difficult and after when, you know, because, you know, everyone, we've all gone to games with loved ones and they 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 they, they, they pass on. How how long does it take for you to be able to go back to Tottenham and enjoy? Obviously, you're still going to think about her big games, wish she were here, obviously, as we do with all our loved ones who aren't here. Well, but how long does it take before before you could kind of face going back? I went back like almost 
three uh, several a few days later oh wow okay just because i was just like i don't know i had i was so, it was unexpected so i was in, i was in a daze i can't i can barely remember what i was right. doing but because it was something that we did together i was like i'm gonna do this carry on doing it um but also because my friends were amazing um around all of that and so they all they had a rotor so as i say she died in october and until christmas when i sent them all home again they had a rotor where there was one of them with me every night right and um, because there was someone here right. and so wow. um whoever was with me on that day got to come mm. to the football yeah whether they liked it <laughs> lucky or not. then whether they liked it or not <laughs> um so i think i think we might have played wolves the game after and actually um we'd been to a game like two or three days before so we the 5th of october we, we i think we were playing did we play southampton at home i can't remember we played someone at home yeah. a couple of days before but yeah so that's why that one always i always remember because it was her last away game wow that's uh, an incredible story um the the the, ne- the next one again i kind of kind of forgotten about this one, this one as well this is march 2015 Tottenham four, Leicester three. Harry Kane's first Premier League hat trick. Again, I think now whoever owns football, the Premier League, you hit a certain year on YouTube, and all this stuff disappears, and it becomes a sort of esports. Do weird versions of, and I can only find a foreign commentary. It's not as funny as the Family Christmas commentary, but it's still quite good. Let's listen in, and I, I couldn't even understand. I think it was Spanish, but I'm not very good with. With, with languages, let's listen to his hat trick goal now, which was a penalty. Why is that one gone in? It's obviously a huge Harry Kane fan. I mean, I love how that one's gone in actually again. It's funny, you know, as I say, you were just talking about how much it takes how long it took me to enjoy the game again and it took a while to be fair that you know one of the reasons why um you know beating Chelsea on New Year's Day isn't in there is because that was the first new year where she was gone and I also ended up with like loads of homophobic abuse for calling out the rent boy chant that day 24 hours of no of like vitriol on Twitter so I don't feel that doesn't that's not in my top 10 for that reason although it was incredible yeah Yeah. this one's in there because my her sister's got two little boys. Mm. Um, and as soon as they were born, I made them Spurs members and I've taken, I took them to games. Um, the older one likes coming along because he kind of likes the crack and, you know, wants to, likes a burger, likes the noise and whatever. But the little one's actually quite interested. And right. the little one, that was his first game. He was oh, five lovely. years old. Oh, wow. And I rem- I tried to remember, I try and, you know, and he comes with me now. So oh, he's got he's got my other season ticket. Oh, nice. And so I remind him that that was his first game, was Harry wow. Kane's first Premier League hat-trick. Amazing. Um, and that's why that, that's like one of my top 10, because it was like taking Theo for the first time. And he obviously loved it and he yeah. continues to love it. Um, and I've kind of given him this gift and this curse. Yes, um, absolutely. And so somehow I think that has to be marked. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's lovely. Uh, the next one again is on a lot of people's lists yeah. for various reasons. Uh, it, it's again that I think anyone who was, was there will never forget. Of course, it was the final game at White Hart Lane, that extraordinary season where we remained unbeaten and, and normally the game with these sort of affairs are kind of forgettable, but it was a great game. 
We beat Man United uh, 2-1. Let's listen to both goals now. Ericsson with the corner, taking short. Davis picks the delivery. It's a decent ball as well. Ericsson will take this free kick. Everybody back for United. Spurs have men forward in numbers. Wanyama's poised again. Alderweireld's there, so too Eric Dyer. Ericsson drifted in all the way through. Spurs have doubled their lead. The hurricane peels away. Celebrating another goal. The free kick came in. Kane got the touch. He lost his man. Stuck out that foot. De Gea had no chance. And Spurs are heading for a second-place finish in the Premier League. This, I assume, had had to go in there because of how long you'd be going along to that ground. Yeah, and I mean, I loved what I loved White Hart Lane. I, you mm. know, there was so much of you know. <laughs> And all the things that that come with being a football fan for a very long time in those sort of old stadia. Like, I never went through a turnstile. I used to just knock on the door, say hello to the steward and go in. Because I was like, I don't want to, you know, and it's a terrible thing to say. It's like, I don't want to stand in that queue. I'm like going to knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're the guest list. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, knowing the studio, like a couple of old boys, I've not seen them since, you know, wow. who were the yeah. stewards there, uh, George and Eddie, yeah. good stuff. Um, you know, and and it was a great game and it was a brilliant spectacle. And even it though it rained, it didn't matter. Um, one of my favourite images of that day, of course, is, is and I, I you know, I, I, a photograph I took was Poch in Eternal Return. So a picture of him and then a picture of him in every single... TV behind it because he was on the screen and it was yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big rainbow at the end. And then the other thing is, is that um, my partner now, um, she's a scouser, but I've right. managed to move her to London right. and a, an Evertonian, or she right, okay. was. And she came to that game and loved it. Oh wow, so, oh, that's lovely. She's not a yeah. Spurs fan. That she says she supports Spurs women, which I fair right. enough. Um, yeah. But we were there together and, you know, and it's 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 always been hard, you know, come, come back to what we were talking about earlier. It's always been really hard for me because, like, you know, losing Monica was like, it was tragic and awful and kind of grief-ridden. And, uh, you know, you're still in grief these years yeah. later. And then it's really hard to reconcile that with loving somebody else. But somehow you do it. And yeah. somehow she gets it as well. And, and I can do both. And so her being there at, the end of White Hart Lane, which was where the end of where Monica was as well. Actually, mm. the, the other thing I haven't told you mm. while we're talking about it is that my, uh, mine and Monica's civil partnership was the very first civil partnership at White Hart Lane. No, really? So the, yeah, so the ground... And that's not on the list. Oh, she's listening. That's yeah. not in the top ten. You forgot of that one? <laughs> it wasn't a game. I didn't know that was no, possible. That was kind of Tottenham, isn't it? Yeah, You're in the ground. Great. That's true. <laughs> that was the fourth. That was the 4th of April, two, oh, I'm going to say, 
Well, don't but get this wrong. 2007 or 2008. We can, edit, we can change. We can put. We can change this in the edit. Don't worry. How lovely! Oh, that's yeah. amazing. That's and amazing. So, and we did had an amazing thing where you know it was all we. Um, the ceremony itself was pitch side. We right. went upstairs and had a party, and then when we turned, it wasn't the top, dinner, wasn't just the Tottenham burgers and hot dogs and offer, was there? No, no, it was actually quite a nice dinner to be okay. fair. Okay. Right. Um, and then <laughs> Most after dinner, yeah. in order to turn the room around to. Um, to have, like have the the party afterwards we went back into the stadium turned the floodlights on which was amazing for like there to be a hundred and whatever people just in this stadium and billy wingrove if you remember him the yes freestyler. the freestyler yes so in that in those days he was working for the tottenham hotspur That's foundation right. yeah. so billy came down and did like you know half an hour of freestyling and people got involved and there we were under the floodlights at White Hart Lane with Billy freestyling so it was an incredible evening wow. um and that's the other reason you know so that somehow from from that to being there with Tabitha and feeling really grateful for that but also sort of under, you know like the, that from one to you know I don't know so that's why that game means a lot to me as well yeah, absolutely that's lovely and it's a beautiful segue now to your next choice because you've already mentioned uh, your, your partner Spurs women. Uh, you mentioned your marriage. I saw this week my favourite Tottenham women's player, Ashley Neville, got married this week. Beautiful picture yeah. on Twitter. I saw her when she first joined the club and I immediately went, that's a great player. And the fact she's not in the England squad is a disgrace. But it is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. Hopefully things will change. And I remember this game vividly because I, I was the Spurs show was sponsoring Ashley for the first few seasons until they got to the Super League. And so I remember this game avidly. Aston Villa women won, Spurs women won, May the 1st, 2019, which meant the draw meant Spurs women got promoted to the Super League. And I remember this game, I don't know how I was watching, because I wasn't there because it was at Villa, but I remember Ashley Kuhlman off the line right at the end with a towering head and managed to get it away. And unfortunately, there's no commentary, there's bits of news footage. So why has this one gone in? This, this is a lovely one to have in. Well, this one I think because well, I'm also a season ticket holder for the women's team. Yeah. And are, I've you, been are you are you a fan now? They're moving to Orient from Barnet. Much better than Barnet. Really? Much better than Barnet. Yeah. But it's for me now. Barnet was down the road for me. <laughs> well, it's Orient. I live in Hackney, so Orient. Ah, it's just near for you now. Well, I think. Look, I think there's a couple of things. One, the pitch in Barnet was a disaster, and yeah. every time we relay it, they cut it up anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, um, I think we've got uh, some history with Orient right. in terms of the under-23s have played there and stuff. And we're edging closer to home. Yeah. We're edging closer to home. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all for the move to Orient. This game, Matt, Matt, as I say, I've been the season ticket holder for a couple of seasons before this. Yeah, I, I also soft spot for Spurs women because actually Monica did play for them in two, oh, really? 2003. Two two thousand. Wow. I think yeah, back in Is the this day when they were um, but even called Spurs women. They were called uh... no, they were called they were called Spurs. They were called Spurs ladies then before right. they were Broxbourne. Broxbourne. They, yeah, I can remember. They were yeah, Broxbourne for when they were formed in the eighties to sometime in the mid nineties. Right. Then there were Tottenham Hotspur ladies, and they were they were sort of affiliated with the club, but they were a separate entity. Right. Yeah. And it's only in these last few years, as we've been climbing, you know, climbing through the ranks. Um, that the the sort of the 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 whole club has sort of taken and taken them on, and you know that mattered that promotion apart from anything else because we were the first team in the women's super league to get there from like promotion of sporting merit Absolutely. because the super league, which is, is always the Tottenham way, unless unlike Woolwich down the road, 
who cheat to get promotions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, well, Man City were in there because they fulfilled the criteria. Mm. And Doncaster Bells, who had a very rich heritage yes, they had a good of, uh, in women's football, were were removed from the league because they couldn't fulfil some of the criteria. Look, and now look, I get it because, you know, you have to build, you have to force football clubs to to have the infrastructure to develop the women's game. But then what you do is you potentially kind of, you know, there's a detriment to the heritage. However, we got there, we were the first ones, we're not the only ones now, but we were the first ones to move through the leagues and find ourselves in the Super League because the others were there when it, on its inception, if you like, yeah. right? yeah. Um, and I was there. We went down there. We got Amazing. there just as Jess now scored her the goal. So we were right. on the right side, literally in line with her. We walked around and, at the end yeah. to sort of be where um, the other Spurs fans were. And like, as you say, kind of, you know, Ash's header off the line was, you know, like was heart in your mouth stuff. Because, you know, we knew we only needed a draw. We right. scored really early. Yeah. And we were too like, God, early. can we hold on? Yeah, 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 yeah. we was too early. Because yeah. as I say, we don't just arrived. It was in very early, early minutes. Um, and we were like, oh, my God, are we going to manage this? And we did. And I'll tell you what, there were very few of us there because, of course, it was Birmingham. It was midweek, yeah, etc. But, you know, so we were right in the throng of the players jumping up and down. Amazing. We were there in the play with them jumping up and down. Oh, lovely. Um, and, you know, I'm really proud of what the, the team has done since then. I mean, you know, to find yourselves in the WSL, to go pro, um, to have to kind of adapt to that. There are still a couple of players left from that time as well. So it's not all been about recruiting um, and to be properly challenging as well. I think it's yeah, brilliant. That, it was, you know, I don't want to lose that from the women. You know, there's a great connection that the, that women's team fans have with the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and even as it grows, you want to make sure that that kind of, that sort of mm. spirit stays on and that the fandom of that stays on, that it's all about kind of, uh, joy and love rather than anger and vitriol. Look, yeah. I know I'm, I'm not going to... You get cross with your football team, I get it. Um, but, you know, I'd love to see it not being in the same way. And that was really, truly a joyous night. I mean, it's not. I mean, I, I go to quite a lot of the games with my daughters. The frustration last season was because the men's team played so many Sunday games. There were so many fixture clashes. But you can't go if you, you know, if you still follow the men's team more than more than the women's team and yeah. that, that was a frustration but I mean we went to the one where we got the draw should have beaten Arsenal at the home game and that was incredible I mean that main stand was completely full Ashley missed the absolute sitter to go two up in that one. Oh my god and typical Arsenal got a last minute equaliser but how far that team has come is incredible and I hope they just keep kicking on and well, I'd, exactly love, to, I'd love to see them in the Champions League and there's no reason why not <laughs> Exactly that. And I think, you know, just to see even in, a, you know, a season practically since Rianne's been in charge, yeah. to be disappointed that we've yes. come away with a draw Absolutely. against Arsenal. Because, you know, as much as it pains me to say, they blazed the trail in women's yeah, football. Yeah, they did. It yeah. wasn't for what some of the stuff that they did, that you know, that... I hate to say it, that David Dean did in that boardroom with Vic Akers, yeah. who was the kit man at Arsenal at the time, who was the manager. Yeah. You know, they changed the face <laughs> of the women's game in this country. Um, and, and we, you know, and we, we started a bit later, but we're properly competing. And I'm, you know, yeah. it's, you know, things you love to see. Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, we've, we've rattled through uh, this evening and now the last, your last pick, and I'm just going to say one word, Ajax. Let's listen now. Batista licked away. Ben Davis with a tackle. Here's Son. 
Shishoko. Here's Deli Alley. Here's Lucas Mora. Oh, they done it! I cannot believe it! Lucas Mora with the last kick of the game. The Ajax players collapse to the ground. Tottenham Hotspur are heading to the Champions League final with a goal that we just couldn't believe. <laughs> Jermaine Genus is speechless. Absolutely speechless. And so is everyone inside this stadium. I can't believe it, Flip. <laughs> Referees have a look at the watch. I don't know where he's getting the time from. Here's Sissoko. Get in the corner. Down he goes. The full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! In the most amazing Champions League semi-final that most of us have ever seen. Even Harry's ankle's looking all right all of a sudden. History made in Amsterdam by Mauricio Pochettino and his players. It's the greatest night in Europe for 35 years since the days of Huddle and Ardiles, and maybe the best of all time. It's what Champions League dreams are made of. It's a night these players and supporters will never forget. Tottenham Hotspur have come to the Netherlands and reached the promised land. So, I mean, as I said to all my guests when they mentioned this, it's like a JFK moment. Everyone remembers who they were with, where were they, where were you when this happened? In the in you, the you were there. arena, absolutely oh, amazing. So you know, as you can imagine, I couldn't get that. a ticket for love or money. I had was, I had my Airbnb, I had my flights and everything. And the last minute, I went. Do I want to go all the way to Amsterdam? Not get a ticket. End up in a bar. There'd be trouble. We're already a goal down. And I I kind of went nah. I'll watch it with loved ones at home, you know. But what a night! I mean, it was it was a, a roller coaster, if you'd like to say, with Diana and I. You know, there were bumps and hits and highs and lows and I won't be able to do it justice from talking to you here but I'll give it a good old go um you know so where where were we we're in the day we were in a cafe that would only serve us pasta with cheese right. because they were saving the food on the menu for the Ajax fans that had booked tables later to watch the game that's hilarious yeah. pasta with cheese yeah. like children yeah literally the children's like, menu exactly. you'd have that all the yeah. chicken nuggets yeah <laughs> And they were. They said, "I'm sorry, we've got lots of bookings tonight, and we've had to save the food for them." Wow. You know, we were cramped on the metro, surrounded by really tall, blonde Ajax fans, <laughs> singing, you know, Donny van der Beek, van der Beek, Donny van der Beek, all the way there, um, and them laughing at me when I said to them, "We're going to do this." And you know, they were yeah. they were openly laughing yeah. at me on the metro, yeah. which was fine. We arrived at the ground and we were kettled by the police, and there were bottles thrown at us. You know, all oh, those things dear. that you expect. I thought Tottenham Light has gone on well, <laughs> generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't we didn't care? We were so high up because we were high up in there. Yeah. yeah. Because we were there. We were in yeah. the Amsterdam Arena, albeit one nil down from the first leg in the semi final of the Champions. Did you League. have any hope? Did you generally have any hope before the game? I've always got hope, Mike. Well. I've always got hope. That's the thing. Like in that moment, no matter all the rationality just kind of is thrown out of the window and you've always got hope. And look, I was despondent at halftime. Yeah. But we were still there and stranger things had happened. But our fellow Spurs fans were fuming. I was just like, I was kind of like, oh, well, it's great that we're here. You know, it's an exciting thing to do. I'm with my lovely friend, Philip, who's, 
you know, he's a real Europhile, and although he doesn't speak Dutch, he speaks Italian, Spanish, French, a little yeah. bit of Portuguese. So wherever yeah. we go around the wherever yeah. we go around Europe, he's always like really good for that. And you know, he found us a really nice mm. place to stay, and you know, all of yeah. that. But Ajax, so, but Ajax physically tired. You watch the game back now. And you don't forget, in fairness, they still had some great chances in the second half. But as soon as that first goal went in with more sort of afterburners, uh, you know, it's um, Delhi and then he ran on the score. Yeah. You could see them kind of getting quite leggy and quite tired. And, and you know, a lot of professional footballers will say, when you switch off mentally, it's very difficult just to get, get oh God, how many times in Spurs not get it back, you know? Yeah. And I think that's quite key to, to them what happened. You could probably see that as well. The players could probably see that as well. But, yeah. you know, as I say, at half time, the Spurs fans are like, with like fuming. I can't tell you how many people I heard sort of, you know, fuming that the lack of investment meant we might not be able to compete. Fuming that we started the game without a recognised striker, if you remember. Yeah, fuming of that Ken's years injured. of focusing on balancing the books meant that we might not make it. Yeah. And all of those things. Did some people leave, even leave at half time and didn't yeah. even see the, uh, By all accounts, the comeback. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I spent the last 10 minutes of the game talking to the woman next to me about her job as a dog groomer. Wow. Right? You know, and we were just, like, having a laugh, half an eye on the game, talking also, discussing the fact that we felt that we, you know, had some prime in the team, bringing it back to 2-2. You know, we could hold, go yeah. home with our heads held high. Yeah. And then, yeah. oh, my God, Vertonghen's header hit the bar. That's right. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, but that was our chance. It never yeah, happens for us, does it? We all said it. That was the chance. That if was the chance. It would. And then, just because when we thought the final whistle was going to blow, a punt from defence, Llorente wins the ball. Yeah. Delhi, who's all, you know, I've always Delhy. said it, I was a Del Evangelist. Yeah. Always one of my favourites. I favorites. like that. Del Evangelist. I like that. A sublime little flick. And there was Lucas. Oh. Like, utter rapture. Honestly, yeah. Jumping, screaming, crying, mm. the, the entire squad running to that corner of the pitch yep. where we could see Harry Kane. Harry Kane can run. run that was the other the thing. We were shouting yeah. at each other, going, but look, Harry can run, Harry can run. Yeah. And it's gone in. We couldn't believe it's gone in. And it was the Ajax fans that despondent there because we were right by that kind of, yes, yeah. you know, we we're right by the glass. There was like a glass kind of um, yeah. a plastic partition. partition. Yeah. They were despondent. Their heads were hung. They were gutted. They'd blown it. No, we'd taken it. Yeah. And, you know, and the players, you know, like we were like, oh, my God, look at the players were like literally like lying down on the pitch. And they still had to kind of, the whist- we were still going to take, they were still going to have the, to take the kickoff. There was but they didn't two, three they were minutes to go. There were two, three minutes to go. Because their keeper had been time-wasting so much. Yeah, but they were done. They were done. And yeah. we sang. We stayed... I don't even know what time we left. We stayed in the Amsterdam Arena and sang our hearts out, yeah. even from that top tier. And the players could obviously, you know, feel and hear it, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we were all in it together. And, you know, yeah. and it was lovely. They came out. They all had their beers. They all, like, you know, literally they were pushing each other forward yes. to get their own song. That's right. <laughs> You know, they were like, oh, God, you know, like, go on, Musa, it's your turn. Go on, you know, it's your turn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and they deserved it because they believed and now so could we. And then, yeah. you know, and then out comes the man himself, 
the man that instilled that belief yeah um and that instilled that belief into all of us dressed all in black which is always my favorite outfit of his when he was dressed all in black yeah and, it was a good look you know, like nice a nice shirt and trousers yeah calling his team to coaching calling his coaching team to join him bowing down to them bowing down to us you know so the, potch the, himself the thing is you get certain quite a lot of rival fans that will try and throw in our face yeah but he didn't win it yeah and all that obviously I want to win it but football's all about moments you know if I supported Tottenham Hotspur for trophies I'll be you know I've been going uh, 49 seasons won seven seven seasons I've seen something seven out of 49 and I still go back it's about moments you know yeah. and you've mentioned some extraordinary moments in this show and this game is a sort of a collective moment for all Spurs fans and you know if you said to people Will you take a Tottenham comeback, but you're going to lose in the final? We'd all go, <laughs> just to be there? Because Tottenham, little Tottenham, weren't meant to be in these finals, the Champions League final. And these moments we'll never forget. Fuck the Champions League and winning it. Yes, obviously that's a dream, but uh, this would, would never, this moment would be never taken away from us. And it's uh, every time I listen to that commentary and see it and hear people talking about it, I, I start welling up again. I can't yeah. help myself. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and and on the you know on the metro on the way back, everyone singing, watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night. You know, we got there, we got to the final train. The trains weren't running. (laughs) We didn't know what. We were like, oh well, we'll work it out. In what other context would you be in a European city in the middle of the night? Where you go, it doesn't matter. We make it out. Look, and we finally made it back to the hotel, and it's almost like we ordered it. Dutch TV was replaying the game. We arrived just in time to watch the second half. Yeah, and I hope you had another another plate of pasta with cheese at the hotel bar. (laughs) There were six or seven other Spurs fans, and we were all loving it. And then. We tried to go to bed about four o'clock in the morning and uh, it was impossible to sleep. But the funniest thing was uh, we spent the next hour watching the players like doing live live broadcasts on Instagram. Wow. And, and Philip and I were messaging each other from adjacent rooms because there was no way we were going to sleep. We were no. absolutely buzzing. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then on the train home, which was also hilarious, I got a message from the BBC asking if I talked to the lunchtime news about how it felt like being a Spurs fan. And because we were on a train... <laughs> So I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. We stopped in Brussels, and there I was just in a square in Brussels doing this interview. But honestly, so many people messaging me afterwards going, I love that so much because you were just so happy. Yeah. I was just on the telly doing this. Yes! <laughs> because that's all, you know, like, okay, I'll try and, like, give you something sensible, but yeah. that's all I felt was just utter joy. I know. Oh, that's lovely. Look, Chris, that's honestly, that's been such a lovely hour with you. Some wonderful, wonderful picks, wonderful, wonderful memories. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, join us again next time. Until the next time, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.